So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We have a really, really special edition here tonight, and it's special because of our guest who's coming on, David Kamnitzer. It's Dr. David. He is going to be gracing this screen very, very shortly. I'm very excited. He has a very interesting background. He has incredible experience, and I cannot wait to share his brilliance and his wisdom with you. I can't wait for him to share it with you. I'm not sharing it. I'm just going to be asking him some really interesting questions so that you can make the most out of your business and your life going forward. And that is really the mission and purpose of the Mind Body Business Show. It's specifically the reason I had this show built and why I do this, and I've been doing it for now over three years, is literally to help you, the business owner, the entrepreneur, to get those nuggets of wisdom that will take you to the next level in your business. No matter where you are today, if you're just starting out, maybe you've already got a very successful business, Every single guest that I have on this show, there's always something that one can grab from their wisdom and use that in their business and elevate their business to the next level. And so it's truly about what I call the three pillars of success. And those are part of the very name of this show. Mind is all about mindset. And so as a result of interviewing and studying only successful people for a period of about a decade, what I learned with these three pillars kept bubbling up to the top, this common theme for all these successful individuals. And mindset was one of them, meaning that each of these successful individuals, they had a powerful and positive, but most importantly, flexible mindset. That's the key, flexible, along with a positive mindset. And then body. To a person, each of these individuals that I had studied over that decade, they all took care of themselves, literally, physically. And that's both from exercise and through nutrition. And then business. Of course, business, right? They, uh, they are, to a person, they had mastered the skill sets that are necessary to build and scale a thriving business. Skill sets that are wide and varied, like marketing, sales, team building, systematizing, leadership. I, I could keep going, but I won't. <laughs> I could go on for a while. The, the good news is, for you, you know, to master anyone of anything, uh, to master one of those skill sets can take a very long time. Mastery takes a long time. It's like becoming an expert takes, I think, on average of 10,000 hours of focused effort, something to that nature. The good news is you don't have to master every single skill set yourself. That's the key right there. Yes, the, the, the good news is you really only need to master one skill set. And I mentioned it in that small <laughs> sample set I just mentioned. Uh, if you just master that one skill set, then the rest you can leverage and delegate. And so that one skill set that you want to really concentrate on and hone in as fast as you possibly can is the skill set of leadership. 
once you have mastered that, or even as you're in the process of mastering that, you can start assembling a team, bringing in others who have already mastered those skill sets that you have yet to master, or you may never master, given the sheer time it takes to master any one skill. And that's the good news. And you might say, Brian, I don't have a team. Get, get masterful at leading yourself first. It's very important to do that before you bring on a team. And I could go on deep in that. I'm not going to right here and now on this show, but just know there's good news. You don't have to master everything. So that is what the Mind Body Business Show is all about. It's about bringing in successful, highly successful entrepreneurs like Dr. David, who is coming on very soon, I promise, and allowing them to give you their secrets to success, the things that help them to get where they are. And it's interesting, having done this show for over three years, all the different uh, various ways that each individual have achieved their level of success. It's been very a very fun ride. Speaking of a fun ride, to a person, all of these successful people also, what I learned was they were all very avid readers of books. And not just any book, but specific genres of books. And with that, I want to segue very quickly into a segment I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yeah, there you see ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. And uh, just a quick soapbox moment. When you hear these resources, you're going to hear more than just what I talk about. You're also going to hear more from Dr. David when he comes on. Rather than succumb to that... Uh, that want and desire to go click away and go check it out while the show is on. Rather than do that, I would implore upon you to instead, for now, is simply to write it down. Write them down, write down the entire web address, and then after the show's over, go visit it. Because here's the thing, I've spoken from stage, I used to be a lead, lead trainer for uh, a mentor of mine, and I spoke and trained his students for a period of two years. And I found during that time that I know what I'm gonna be talking about. And I know the, the parts that are gonna be the most impactful for most people. And when I get to those points, I see someone get up out of their chair and start to walk out because of they gotta use the restroom or there's that all important text message they gotta go answer or something to that effect. I would hate for that to happen to you just because you, you are taking your focus away from especially what Dr. David is going to be talking about here tonight. So rather than go clicking away, just write it down very quickly. And then after the show's over, go ahead and visit all those wonderful, amazing resources. Reach Your Peak Library being one of them, uh, definitely write that down as well. So now, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. Why, why is that so important? Why am I even bringing it up? Is because I personally did not become an avid reader until about the age of 47, which is about 11 years ago. Yeah, everyone's doing the math. They got it figured out. I get it. And uh, I realized what an, an unbelievably impactful thing it was, not only for my business life, also my personal life, and sometimes both, depending on the book. And so what I did is I began compiling all of the books that I personally vet, that I have personally read, and only those that I vet. Not, I, not every book I've ever read is on this list because not every book had that impact. So I put them here for you as a resource. So if you see a book you haven't read, uh, pick the first one that just jumps off the page and go get it. Uh, you can get it anywhere you want. You don't have to get it from this site. You can see there's buy here buttons all over it. That's not the purpose of this site. It's not for making money. It's for giving you the information that will compel you farther, faster, 
in your business and in your life. That is the whole purpose of this site. So enjoy that. That is my gift to you. Uh, ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. And then, of course, speaking of one of the greatest gifts we can ever imagine, it is coming in the form of Dr. David Chemnitzer. Are you ready for him? I know I am. Let's bring him on. Here we go. It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. Yes, and there he is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the one, it is the only, Dr. David, yes. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? It's uh, great to be here. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I'm committed to uh, doing everything I can to uh, serve your audience. Yeah, and we were talking uh, just briefly before we started the show and learned a little bit about each other that was mutually uh, respectful, I think, and that is that you know we want to serve people we want to help people both of us and that's one of the common uh that's one of the common threads of every person i've had on this show is they are all to a person serving servants first and i like to point out yes it's important to make money there's no doubt about that but when you do it from a serving attitude your your likelihood of success i think grows exponentially rather than just being money centric it's just something i've witnessed over these years from actual successful people. Before we dive into it, uh, Dr. David, if I may, before I give you that official formal introduction that you so richly deserve, I wanna do a little bit of housekeeping if that's okay with you. Would that be all right? Sure. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so you can see right over Dr. David's left shoulder. So that's on the right side of the screen if you're watching live on The Mind Body Business Show. Uh, be sure if you're not watching live as a side, go to themindbodybusinessshow.com, write that down and go register. You will get automatic notifications the moment we air live. And that's all you'll get. We're not gonna spam you. We're not gonna try to sell you anything. It's just, hey, we're going live. You wanna get a great impact in your life. Wanna engage with us, comment, engage, that'd be fantastic. But the big insider secrets, that nice red and white stamp right over Dr. David's shoulder, as you're watching this live, I hope you're all watching this live, you can see that they are the sponsor of this show. And why is that important? Because every one of you that stays with us live until the end, you will get the opportunity to win a five night stay at a five star luxury resort of your choice. There are many to choose from all over the world compliments of the big insider secrets so you do not want to miss that stick around you must be on live i will know <laughs> and you'll get the opportunity to see how you can enter to win and we got a couple more quick ones and we're going to come back to this amazing gentleman you see on the screen that that's him not me that's him and so here we go all right if you're struggling with putting a live show together and maybe it's overwhelming and you want a lot of the processes perhaps done for you while still enabling you to put on a high quality show, which is key, and connect with great people like Dr. David, and grow your business all at the same time, then write this down, carpetbombmarketing.com. And then head on over to it after the conclusion of tonight's show. Carpet Bomb Marketing, saturate the marketplace with your message. And you can get a free lifetime membership to the Reach Your Peak Club. What is that? Well, your free membership, it includes instant access to deep, and I mean deep, discounts 
on major software services and top shelf training courses that you need to run your business successfully. So think of it as your entrepreneur discount house and catapult your business to the next level. Sign up for free now. That means write this down <laughs> and get a hotel discount card of worth $200 just for signing up for free, <laughs> just for joining. And then go ahead and grab your deep discounts after you uh, join. And then so write this down after the show. Head on over to reachyourpeakclub.com. Again, reachyourpeakclub.com. Write that down and can't wait to see you join that amazing membership area as well so let's bring back the man the myth the legend and let's give him the introduction he deserves shall we dr david is a holistic chiropractor healer teacher guide and coach he has been working with people for over 45 years there's a lot of experience in this man he is often referred to as a healer's healer and teacher's teacher he works with people both in person and virtually with people all over the world. I'm already immensely and intensely intrigued about you, Dr. David, and I cannot wait to peel away the beautiful mind that you have in a, in a gentle, loving way to find out and expose your secrets to success and how you operate, my friend. I am really looking forward to this. Thanks again for coming on. So what I wanna do is start, I open up every show talking about what I call the cornerstone to our success or lack thereof, and that is our minds, our mindset, what's going on there. And you're, you're a great example of this. When you get up in the morning knowing that you are an entrepreneur, you have your own business, you're, you have all these arduous tasks in front of you because people don't, a lot of people that aren't entrepreneurs don't realize just how much effort goes into running a business. What is it that's going through your mind when you get up in the morning first thing and you know that all of this is in front of you, but you keep powering forward with a positive mindset, helping people, what is going on in your big, beautiful brain that just keeps you driven day in and day out? Well, the first thing is I thank God for this day. Mm -hmm. I don't take the day for granted. And uh, I think that's a really important, I wouldn't quite put it in the mindset category. I would say it's deeper than that. I would say if you were going to use your, your language, I would say it's more of a way of being it's more of a being set and there's a you know there's an attitude and a feeling that's correlated with that but it's deeper than that it's a it's a way of being and i think it orients me in a in a way that can not only help me feel better and increase my vibration and my point of attraction but i think it also tends to bring out the best in me and tends to bring out the best in other people and tends to bring out the best in situations. And I think by not taking the day for granted, and I think this is something that's in common with successful entrepreneurs, is they're very respectful of time. They're very respectful of their own time and other people's time. And they see it as a medium for expression and growth and learning and contribution whereas if i were to make generalizations and say you know people who are employees they feel like they're putting in time they're putting in their time rather most successful entrepreneurs that i know 
don't look at things that way. They look at time as kind of a medium, as a resource to be a good steward of and to maximize the value that they can add to their lives and the lives of other people per unit of time. And so I would say another thing about things I've noticed about uh, differences in how entrepreneurs look at time as opposed to employees is they have what um, psychologists would call low time preference. In other words, um, they don't just make their decisions about what to do in a particular moment based on what would make them feel better in the moment or what would make them avoid discomfort in the moment, but they have a larger context. They have a, a clearer purpose. They have a bigger purpose. They have clearer goals. They have more compelling goals. They have a greater intimacy with their own hierarchy of values, which allows them to make wiser decisions and to set appropriate boundaries. Because as you know, Brian, as you become more successful, <laughs> uh, you're exposed to so many more opportunities yes. to put your energies into. And so you have, if you're going to survive in that and thrive, you have to develop, first of all, a high level of discernment. And then you have to develop some kind of system, some combination of internal and external systems to be able to negotiate that. Like, for example, this may be unbelievable to you if you're an employee right now, but I probably get in a 24 hour period, I probably get about 250 emails. And so I have to find a way to be able to go through my emails such that I feel okay about not opening about 80% of them. And that that's a skill. And, uh, and again, this all comes out of a combination of uh, clarity of priority of values and purposes and goals and respect for your own time and other people's time. And these are things that very often employees don't have to develop to that level of ability in order to thrive. And so, you know, I've been self-employed my whole life. So I'm probably certifiably unemployable <laughs> at this point. Um, because I just am not interested in playing a lot of the games that you play in order to survive in, in that other world. But um, there has to be something that you're passionate about, that you have an intimate relationship with so that your connection to the passion is bigger than the challenges that you face during the day. Yes. And then also the meaning, the meaning that successful entrepreneurs give to their challenges and their failures is completely different than the meaning that entrepreneurs that quit give to their challenges and their failures. And so these are some key distinctions that I think have allowed me to stay in the game for a long time. 
and to take care of myself and to develop a reputation where um, the people who it's appropriate for me to work with, uh, I can be trusted to provide value. And sometimes that means, and here's an important boundary lesson, is you don't have to take every client. You don't have to take every patient. You're not here for everybody. And to develop a network of highly skilled, complementary professionals that you can refer to and feel good about that. Because if you're working with people that aren't ready or willing or able to get value out of what you have to offer, after a while, your subconscious mind is not going to want to go to work. Your conscious mind is not going to want to expand your business because it's not enjoyable for you at a deep level. And so um, it's very important, especially in the beginning when you're really concerned about paying the rent. It takes a lot of courage to be able to say to the person right in front of you, you know, based on this phone call or based on this meeting, uh, I think I might be able to help you in this one area, but in general, I think it's probably not the best use of your time and money. I'm probably not the person for you right now. I think you'd probably better be better off with so-and-so. And if you'd like, I'd be happy to make a referral for you. And I'm telling you that the character that you develop, your reputation with yourself and the reputation you develop with others, if you're willing and able to do something like that is really important. And I want to relate this back to um, one of the commandments, which is thou shalt not covet. And there's a, a, an esoteric meaning to that um, commandment. And that is that if you're willing to let go of what isn't meant for you, in in a faithful way, you open up room to receive that which is yours, mm. which is which is meant for you. And um, what's really enjoyable is when you have a life where what you're attracting is what's meant for you. And in order to consistently do that, you've got to be conscious enough and faithful enough to be able to establish the boundaries where you release what isn't meant for you. When you're not in a situation where it's likely that you're gonna bring out the best in yourself or you're gonna bring out the best in somebody else or you're gonna bring out the best in a situation to be able to let that go, to have an abundant. Yes. I guess Brian would call it a mindset. I might call it something else, but to be grounded in that kind of uh, paradigm um, is really, really important. And uh, I want to relate that to a, a question that I know that Brian uh, might be asking me later uh, in terms of um, what books have been most influential for me. And uh, one that has been very influential for me and for millions of people, and I would highly recommend it to any entrepreneur at any level, is a famous book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And um, one of the habits, which is the fourth habit, is called commitment to win-win. 
Mm. And this is a critical uh, pillar uh, for true success. Uh, and it's a paradigm shift that's based on abundance rather than scarcity. And it's, it's, uh, it's very important that if you want to have the kind of success that is really deep, that goes to the core of your being, there has to be a commitment to win-win. And it's not as easy as you think because you were born into a world that is not committed to win-win. You're born into a world that is based on a scarcity, ego-based consciousness that's yes. based on win-lose, that's based on zero-sum games. And until you can uncover in a kind of a shocking, oh my God, kind of a way, until you can realize the depth to which you were thrown into that win-lose scarcity model and way of being, until you can recognize that and own that, you can't release it. And if you can't release that, then you don't really have the room to deeply commit to win-win. And there's a whole new world that opens up for you that can't open up for you until you freely choose and are really able to commit to win-win in all areas of your life. That is phenomenal. I mean, I was telling folks to write their, you know, take notes during, I've got writer's cramp. I have not, I don't know if I've written that much in the first 10 minutes of any show I've ever done. And that's a good thing, Dr. David. And I wanted to give you props by, you know, I have to do this. Everything you said was a bomb dropping moment. I oh, yes. Smart bombs, bombs of wisdom, bombs of knowledge. And it's a metaphor. It's just for fun. But my goodness, you said so many impactful things in one short period of time. I uh, just want to go over a couple of them. One is being respectful of your own time and the, and also others. And that's one of the things I think many of us as individuals fail to do is, is first start with yourself, both in respecting your own time and in your own health before you can, you, you know, if you're respectful of yourself, you can be more respectful of others. And if you're if you're worried, if you're working on yourself, your own health before you go to help others, you can help more people. So it just it just rings true. And then, oh, yeah, trading time. I call it trading uh, dollars for hours. You know, as a I I have I've straddled the fence on both sides of corporate and entrepreneurial. And what you are saying is spot on uh, from both sides of the fence. Nothing against uh, corporate employees. God bless. Um, we need uh, employees. And it, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It is, there would be far more entrepreneurs if it was. There's a tiny percent compared to the general population that have taken on and gone and done their own business. It's not for the lighthearted and it's not for everyone, in all honesty. Uh, setting boundaries. Oh, so, so key. Uh, I mean, it's so important. It's. I mean, I have had so many things thrown at me, good things, that just everything you said, I was in such total alignment with is, you know, I could do this and I could charge you money and I could make money and I could give you the solution you're looking for, but I don't think I'm the right person for this, or this isn't really what I want to do. I, there are times I've made that choice. This is not what my business model is built around. 
could I do this for you? Yes, but then that takes focus off what I really want to do. So I've said no on several occasions just based on that, even though I could have put some money, more money in the bank. So what you said about being abundant versus scarce is spot on. Everything is passionate in what you do. Uh, oh, my gosh. It just goes on and on. Uh, yeah, the meaning given to their challenges and failures is so different. Uh, the time, what does time mean to one person? My gosh, you know, as an employee, we went and we punched the clock. What time meant to me back then was every hour I worked, I made X amount of dollars, you know, and I wanted to put in everything I could with everything I had, but I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for someone else. I was just getting a reward of money in return, which was not fulfilling at all for me personally. It's fulfilling to many and I get that. And that's, that's fine. That's great. I hope that everyone that has a job is very, very ecstatic over what they do. Many are. Uh, and you don't have to take every client. Yeah, you, uh, we talked about that already. And then the books. Thank you. Uh, is it Stephen Covey? Is that the right author? Seven Seven Habits? Yes. Yeah, I have that one as well. I, I should go reread that one. That, I'm glad you reminded me of that one. And Commitment to Win-Win. You know, we're like, we were we separated at birth, uh, Dr. David? It's like you're my twin brother. You sound just like I'm talking to myself. It's amazing. Yeah, you want to make it a win-win no matter what at all times. If only one person's winning, that means someone's losing, doesn't it? You know, well, you get that. to a point, you get to a point in your expansion of consciousness where you realize that if you're playing win-lose, it's really lose-lose. Mm. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely and wholeheartedly. And I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I talk about this often where I, I used, I've dabbled, I've been in the network marketing industry. I used to actually be a co-owner of a network marketing company, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, got the t-shirt all over and over and over. One of the, the interesting um, cultures that is established, at least in the companies I had been involved in, save the one that I was a co-owner of, we didn't want to do that, but was, you know, they all, pretty much by their model, their business model, not all of them, but a lot of them would, you know, put a large importance on recruiting other people in order to make income, not to sell the product so much, but just to recruit for recruitment's sake. And it really got ugly that way. And people were not serving anybody. The only winner was them. If they recruited that person, then they would move on and not train that person to help them. You know, it just, it created a horrible culture. And I'm, I'm not in any way trashing the MLM industry, but I hope everyone gets that. These are just select few companies that I've been involved with that gave that messaging. And that is the opposite of what Dr. David is saying is a model of success, which is to have that you know commitment to win-win. If you don't win, and or if they don't win, you don't win. Like he just said yeah, I mean, much better for than any, I did. For any business to be successful in the long run, there has to be some problem, a real world problem you're solving, or there has to be some passionate itch that you're scratching um, in an excellent way. And if you don't have that, you don't have a business. You've got something else. And the only network marketing companies that are successful on a long-term basis are the ones that have an outstanding product that's available at a fair price to the point where you you would purchase that product at that price 
even if you had no business interest in it. And exactly. most network marketing opportunities don't pass that test. And then if you do pass that test, then there's a whole other set of factors to consider uh, that is beyond the scope of this conversation. But if you just use that as the acid test, probably 85 to 90% of the opportunities you would just uh, nix it right there. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I, I'm wearing a product right now I got from a network marketing company that I'm not a business uh, entity of because I think the product is fantastic. I also consume a product every morning from another network marketing company. I'm not a business owner in that. For those very reasons you just specified, the product was something that was compelling enough and it gave me the results I wanted for a price that I was okay with. And it's not, it's difficult to do this being a former owner, you got to put in some serious margins because you're paying out to the network, you know, through those whole comp, those comp plans. And so you have to have extra padding of money. So you can't sell it at wholesale. You can't sell it really, really competitively, unless you figured out a way to really um, reduce your core cost, your hard cost of actually the, the product or service that you're providing. But yeah, like you said, uh, another discussion for another day. Uh, and you're right. Uh, there are some that get it right. And I, I, I agree with you. The litmus test is the product. Is it something you would buy with or without doing the, the business opportunity? And if that's the case, then you might be onto something. Doesn't mean you are, but it's worth further investigation at that point. Uh, so I appreciate that very much. You are a gentleman who is knowledgeable about metaphysics and things of that nature that is super intriguing to me. Uh, it's to me, it's fairly new. And by new, I mean, in a couple, a couple of years ago is when I first started just getting the beginning part of trying to understand what it all meant, because it's very different uh, from what most people's thinking. And I'm not saying you're, you think differently. It's just a different, it's a new way, a new thing to learn that I hadn't learned yet. That's a better way of putting it. And uh, how has, the whole study of metaphysics and what you do for people to help them. How did that, I mean, how did metaphysics get into your life? How did you become interested in it? What has it done for you and your clients? If, if that is pertainable uh, to you, I would, I'm so curious about that. I'm laughing because I could talk for hours on that question. <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's such a, a intriguing and fascinating topic and science and everything around it. Um, I'm if just... you give me a time, if you give me a time frame, I'll attempt to uh, put as much value as I can into that time frame. Yeah, just go for five minutes on the highlights of what it, you know. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Five minutes sounds good. Uh, uh, that's very Don't challenging. Worry, I'll, do, I'll do my best. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. So I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning when I was a young child. So um, when I was pretty young, I was, even as a fairly young child, I was um, asking myself questions that most children my age didn't ask. I had, I didn't know it at the time, but I had, um, I had a lot of ability to sense energy and I was very empathic, but I didn't know it at the time because I didn't have a frame of reference for that. But um, I, one thing I did know from the beginning was that uh, I had a natural gift as a teacher 
if there was anything that I understood or I knew how to do, I could I could teach that. And that was a skill that, you know, it's interesting. There's some skills you're born with. There's some gifts you're born with and they're pretty well developed. And then there are other ones that uh, are lying kind of dormant and they don't get activated unless uh, it gets catalyzed by some connection that you make later on in your life. Like my ability as a healer, that didn't show up until my early 20s because I was never exposed to 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 natural healing. So I had no idea that I had that ability. But I did know from the beginning that I could teach and uh, and I had questions that and and as and a sense of life that is very different than most people. Like I always had a sense that um, there was more, there was more to life and possibilities in the way most people were living and the things that most people were paying attention to and were caring about uh, were things that were not that interesting to me and uh, and how people got their sense of meaning and safety was different than myself. Like, like I noticed, for example, that um, a lot of people got a sense of community from finding out that they met someone who went to the same high school or something. And that was completely meaningless to me. It, I I didn't feel a sense of connection with somebody just because they went to the same high school as me. And um, and so that begged the question, you know, well, what what did give me a sense of connection? And later on, if I could put words to it, looking back, I would say it was it was people who uh, had some similar values and sensibilities and priorities that I did. And to make a long story short, as I got older and I could put words to it, looking back on it, I realized that there were a couple of questions that were driving my life, but I didn't have the words for them then. But looking back on it now, I would say the two questions that were driving me, that I had a passionate desire to have answers to that were deeply satisfying to me was number one, if there, if God is real and God is a loving God and, and God is our father, mother, uh, and we're God's children, then why is there so much suffering in this world? Why would God allow that? And that was one question I really wanted an answer to that I didn't even know they have the words for it, but that was one thing that was driving me. And then the other question that I realized later I had that was driving me is how come some people are so happy and healthy and successful and some people are so unhealthy and unhappy and unsuccessful? And so... Um, I, I couldn't find satisfactory answers to that question, but for some reason, I had this sort of pre-verbal faith that I would, that if I was sincere in my seeking and I didn't give up, I had, for some crazy reason, I had this faith that the answers did exist and that if I just persisted, eventually there would be satisfying answers to that question. So to make a long story short, 
my path was driven by that without me even knowing that for a long time. And eventually, and I'm skipping a lot of time now, <laughs> eventually I did get answers to those two questions that were satisfying to me and empowering to me. And that journey took me to a lot of different teachers and a lot of dead ends and a lot of different places, but there was something in me that would not be denied. And so that, I would say, is what really drove me, I would say, maybe until my early 30s. And then once I got to that point, then I really started, because I by that time, I had a pretty good understanding of spirituality, uh, history, psychology, the body, uh, the dynamics of interpersonal relationships. And at that point, I had enough space in my consciousness to start to focus on the bigger picture, sort of what's going on at the cultural level. And I realized that there was something going on way, way deeper than met the eye. And um, then that led to a commitment to understand the game that was going on on the planet at more of a cultural, community, national, international, financial, political level, what was really going on and who was pulling the strings and what were they up to and what was their end game and what was their MO and how did it work and and how did how did how did we how did we get duped? And those kinds of questions. And then that that leads you, if you're really sincere in wanting to know the answers to that, it leads you down a lot of rabbit holes. And uh, and that's quite a journey. And so I would say that what was driving me at that point was I wanted to know what I needed to be and do and learn and understand to be part of a group of people that were actively wanting to transform that matrix, that unworkable matrix into a new possibility of being for human beings that would have the possibility of allowing us to bring forth the kind of world that I would want to live in, that I want to live in, and that I want my children to live in, to have that opportunity. And so I would say in the second half of my life up to now, I'm 66 right now, I would say, What's been driving me is to be a person and to be a space of possibility for that new possibility of being, for human beings to express themselves in a, in a world that is 
um, supportive of love and truth and win-win and true virtue and honor and, and a commitment to excellence and personal sovereignty and a true meritocracy and equal opportunity but not equal guarantees Ooh. and uh, that kind of leads us to where we are today and so as i got older and i wanted to understand the essence that that brought all these you know someone could look at my life and say hey you're really into a lot of different stuff i wanted to get to well what what is the essential simplicity that's underneath that apparency and and it was meditating on that for a long time that helped me to realize that everything that i was about could be uh, uh, punctuated under two umbrellas. Everything that I'm about is about for myself and other people, helping to free the body and helping to free the soul. Fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't the only one uh, curious of that. Maureen Xavier was asking the same thing. What is metaphysics? Someone here might not know. Um. <laughs> so met metaphysics is a study of everything that we currently cannot physically measure. And the impact that that has on, on existence. So... Um, it's very difficult to measure an attitude. It's very difficult to measure an intuition. It's very difficult to measure a thought. It's, it's difficult to measure these things. And um, yet, I think anybody who is existentially honest would admit that these things are a real part of the human experience and if they're honest, they will admit that the quality of those things and our relationship to those things have a huge impact not only on our inner world, but also have a really big impact on the way we show up in ways that are measurable. Uh, how we speak, when we speak, uh, the words we choose, the choices we make the values we express, how we spend our money, where we put our attention. And so metaphysics concerns itself with uh, saying that, hey, even though we can't measure these things directly, these things are real in our experience and they also have an impact on being in the world and the measurable world, the physical world and metaphysics is about the study of that and the laws that govern those levels of reality. And metaphysics is obviously something that I've studied for a long time, but my passion really is the discipline of transformation. And transformation involves a certain understanding of metaphysics, but transformation is more interested in our relationship 
to these metaphysical entities. In other words, a lot of metaphysicians are saying, okay, you have this negative thought, replace it with this positive thought. And that works to a certain extent, but it has limitations. And the discipline of transformation would approach it a little differently. The discipline of transformation would say, let's look at our relationship to our negative thoughts. Rather than just trying to change them, let's look at our relationship to them. Are we aware of them? Are we trying to push them away? Are we rationalizing them? Are we indulging them? Mm. And the discipline of transformation presupposes that who we really are is not only senior to physical phenomena, but the discipline of transformation, which makes it very spiritual, also presupposes that who we are is senior to metaphysical phenomena. In other words, just like we would say we're not our body or we're not the table or we're not our money, the discipline of transformation would also assert that we are not our feelings, that we are not our attitudes, that we are not our thoughts, that we are not our memories, that we are not our moods. And the way we can kind of prove that to ourselves in terms of our own experience is to notice that we can notice our thoughts, to notice that we can notice our emotions, that we can notice our moods, but it's not automatic. But we can train ourselves to notice what we're noticing. We can train ourselves to notice these things. And if, if who we really are is noticing our thoughts, then we must be senior to our thoughts in the same way that we must be senior to our body or our bank account or our reputation and those things. And so certainly you're right. I do know a lot about metaphysics, but that's really not my passion. My passion is a more spiritual passion that involves this discipline of transformation that transforms our relationship to both the physical and the metaphysical in a way that points to, I think, what all the great spiritual teachers have pointed to throughout the ages, which is that who we really are is this infinite spaciousness. And, and within that infinite spaciousness, we're having a particular incarnation in a physical body. And this incarnation happens to be on the surface of planet Earth in this, in a physical body that's either male or female in this particular time-space coordinate. And so it gives you an orientation to both the physical and the metaphysical in a way that's very empowering as opposed to if you were just a metaphysician. My goodness, that was, thank you. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, man, that was like sitting in a, a classroom of a very astute professor and you didn't waste a word. It was phenomenal. Thank you for that. Great explanation. 
and your passion is in the transformation, uh, the discipline of transformation. Do you does that spill over into your practice that you currently are operating? That is holistic chiropractic care, or is is that a piece Just of that? Extent, okay. Because because you see, um, every soul um, has its own timetable for ripening. And then even within a particular incarnation, the personality develops in its own timing. And then there's a relationship between the personality and the soul. And um, there has to be a certain ripeness at the soul and personality level for the person to uh, have a deep, sincere interest or the possibility of a sincere interest in the discipline of transformation. And so part of my gift is being sensitive and discerning, both as a teacher and a healer, to not only know what to do and what to say, but when to say it and how to say it and who to say it to. And one of the ways you can really make it more difficult for a person to grow is to suggest something to them that could be really useful, but it's not the right time. Mm. And so I think part of what makes me a good healer and teacher is that I am committed to building bridges and meeting people where they are and then uh, helping them go from where they are in the direction that they want to go at a pace that's possible for them where they're likely to develop a series of successes rather than just have more failures. And it's not for everyone in any particular incarnation to have as one of their main focuses in their life a conscious uh, study of spirituality or transformation. But so, so there's some people who come to me and it becomes pretty obvious from the beginning that that's gonna be a part of the conversation. And then there are other people that have come to me for years and it hasn't been part of the conversation and then there's been other people that have come to me and it hasn't been part of the conversation, but then later it is. And so um, it's very individual and uh, you don't wanna be so full of yourself mm. that you think you've got the greatest thing in the world for everybody. Uh, in the beginning, you can be so excited about your growth in spirituality and transformation that you want to you want to just um you end up vomiting all over people <laughs> but you find out that that doesn't work very well and you end up kind of lonely <laughs> and uh it's not good karma anyway and so you know one thought that might be useful to share with your audience that i would encourage you to adopt is I'm, I'm attracting the people that are ready and willing and able 
to make really good use of what I have to offer. Uh, again, this goes back to an abundance consciousness of realizing that you're not here for everybody. You're not, you're, what you're here for, here, this may be a very powerful punctuation to our conversation because I don't want to take too much of people's time today. I'm, well, I'm happy to come back is that what we're really here for is we're really here to be the love that we are. Oof. And, and that's, on one hand, it's the easiest thing to do because we, in truth, we are love. But in another way, it's the hardest thing to do because we live in a world that is where we're sort of people of the lie. And, and to to begin to extricate yourself from that in a way where you're not just avoiding it is tricky business. And that's yeah. why I say that I'm a guide because I, I know that journey really, 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 really well. And I know the stages of it and I know the pitfalls of it. And I know some of the keys that unlock that journey for people that can save them some time and some suffering. Hmm. And uh, that's what we're really here for. We're really here to discover and honor and express the unique love that you are. And that is completely unique to you. And it's very important to understand that because without understanding that, it's very difficult to feel really good about being committed to establishing and maintaining appropriate boundaries. Because until you can know yourself and honor your unique love and understand that that's why you're here, mm. then, then, then you can, without any guilt, you can you can establish and maintain appropriate boundaries as an expression of honoring that unique love rather than trying to push yes. anything away or judge anything or avoid anything it's just a matter of discernment and wisdom and love and and, and honoring your covenant with your creator yeah this is so this is ringing so true and for me personally a lot of what you're saying is also I've experienced similar thoughts. I'm not saying I'm anywhere close to the level you are, uh, but yeah, I went through a journey and wasn't sure, you know, the purpose. That's one of the biggest questions as humans that we ask, what is my purpose? And also, what is it I'm truly passionate about? You know, as you're looking for a business as, as well. And I finally found it and didn't realize until not just a few years ago, what it truly was. And that's when I got to be in my space that you're talking about where I, I, it's an abundance mindset, not so much from a money standpoint, but from a me standpoint. It's like, I'm only going to give of myself what I truly feel I want to give, number one, and, and that I know can be a benefit to someone else, uh, number two. And so, yeah, a lot of this stuff is ringing true. Oh, my goodness. Dr. David, good grief. It is nearly the, the end of our show. Can you believe that? Before we end it, though, I definitely want to give you the opportunity to quickly if you're okay with that i'll pull up your website and that way people can get a visual of your website 
and then um for what it is you love doing for people if this is the means for them to connect with you to get that going then perfect if not then explain what that is but if you don't mind just a real quick uh, brief overview because we only have a couple minutes left and we still have to give away a wonderful amazing prize and i still have one more question for you that is uh that i end every show with but real quick i'll put it up there if you don't mind uh just a quick overview of what it is you do and uh how people can get a hold of you well there are drop down menus there you can read testimonials and uh you know like i said i, I do meet people where they are and uh like I, like uh, Brian said in the introduction, um, you know, I'm kind of a healer's healer. I'm kind of a teacher's teacher. Uh, so you know, if you're just if you're just beginning, you know, on the path of growth or spiritual spirituality, I'm probably not maybe the best person for you right now. But if you've been on the path for a while and you've made some progress, but you're at a plateau or you're listening or watching this and there's something deep inside you that's saying like, you know, I don't know what this guy's smoking, but whatever it is, I wanna know more about that. If there's something in you that like is touching you in a deep place and you wanna honor that and see where that goes, uh, the easiest ways to reach me are, there's a contact form on that website uh, my uh, email address is david.kamnitzer, david.kam as in Mary, and as in Nancy, I-T-Z-E-R, at gmail.com. And uh, you can direct message me on Twitter. And uh, my, my currently my Facebook business page is not very active, but if you just go to my regular personal David Kamnitzer page on Facebook. You can uh, message me there as well. And uh, the other thing I wanna say is, even if I'm not right for you right now, just log it in the back of your mind, or also maybe you know somebody that's coming to your mind. that's like, oh, you know, I think it might be a good fit for that person. I would encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and. And, and extend yourself and say, hey, you know, something about this guy, I think it might be good for you. That I would appreciate that. Fantastic. So again, uh, to reach him, the email address is david.kamnitzer at gmail.com. That's K-A-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, I-T-Z-E-R. His website is also David Kamnitzer. Oh, wrong button, Brian. Is uh, David Kamnitzer dot com so if you go right. to that so so the, so so the website does not have the dot between correct david correct. and kamnitzer so the website is david com. thank you for that clarification yes david kamnitzer.com uh go visit that it, he also has a free consultation you can click that and and just be respectful of his time uh when you go there make sure that you are going there for the reason you want uh, and if you're not sure, I'm sure he will definitely talk to you and let you know if this is something that he can help you with. Or, you know what? I know what he will do. If he can't help you, if you're not a fit, I know he's connected with somebody who probably can. And he'll send you to that individual as well. That's that's how this gentleman rolls. He's an amazing man. I am so blessed to have had you on this show. We're not done yet. Uh, real quick, what we're going to do next is, well, first, I did promise everyone who stayed on live 
that I would show them a way that they could win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort, compliments of the Big Insider Secrets. And what I'm going to do right after that is we're going to ask Dr. David one final question, and it's a very profound question. I love ending every show with it, and you're going to all be amazed at his answer. I know you will because every single show is an amazing answer. Before, So as promised, here we go. Write this down. This is how you win. Enter to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. So look at the screen and then write down this URL. It is ryp.im forward slash vacation, all lowercase. Again, that's ryp.im forward slash vacation. Write that down. You don't need to enter this second, but definitely enter right after the show is over. Go to that URL. So write it down. And I'm going to pull that off the screen and bring back the very amazing Dr. David. My goodness, this has been quite enlightening for me personally. Uh, yeah, it It's just been phenomenal. And I appreciate you, my brother. Um, this last question that I love to ask is, it, it, it's proven to be very profound. It's why I end the show with it, with every guest that I've had on it. And the really neat thing about it, Dr. David, is there is absolutely no such thing as a wrong answer. It, it doesn't exist. And it's just the opposite. The only correct answer is yours. And it's because your the answer will be unique to you, just as you've been so eloquently talking about uh, during the show today about how everything is unique to everyone is unique. Everyone reacts differently. They're at a different space and time and they may be ready. They may not be ready. It's just unique to you. And it's beautiful. And I can't wait to spring it on you. Are you ready for it? I am, sir. I, I figured you would be. I had no doubt. Here we go. Dr. David, how do you define success? I'm going to borrow from one of my teachers to answer you because I couldn't think of any answer that I think is more valuable. So there's four parts to this. If people want to write it down. Oh, and it kind and so we've already talked about one of them. So you could think of this as like keys or secrets to a successful life. And number one is to be the love that you are. You know, if you can honestly look back on your life, you can imagine if you were eulogizing yourself and you could say that he really honored his own path, his own nature. Uh, so number one is to be able to honestly say, I'm being the love that I am. Not the love that someone wants me to be, but the love that I am. Number two would be to always do your best. You leave it all out on the on the on the court leave it all out on the mat you don't want to be at the end of your life you don't want to be going or at the end of a relationship that broke down or the end of a business that broke down or a body that's breaking down you don't want to be saying oh my gosh you know I, I didn't i didn't do my best in every moment and why not why not go for it what do you really have to lose always do your best knowing that sometimes you're going to mess up and uh, that's okay as long as you learn from it 
and you apply what you learn. Number three has to do with a certain amount of discernment and commitment to workability. So number three is honor life and the living and that which really works in reality and release the dead and the dying and that which no longer works in reality. In other words, a commitment to true values, true priorities and, and workability, uh, bringing out the best in yourself and others and situations. And number four is a humbling state step, realizing that with all of that, we're still learning and growing and we're gonna make mistakes and other people are gonna make mistakes. And therefore, the more we go in life, the more heavy we would be weighted down if we didn't have the fourth key to success. And that is to forgive and forgive and forgive again. And to honestly get to the point where you can forgive yourself and you can forgive others and you can receive forgiveness from others. That doesn't mean you like it all. It doesn't mean you approve of it all. It doesn't mean you're gonna stick around for more. It just <laughs> means that you're not gonna let something that you did or you didn't do or you said, or you didn't say, or somebody else did, or they didn't do, or they said, or they didn't say, you're not gonna give the, your power away to that moment in such a way that it closes down your own heart and your own connection to that love that you are. And so that's the fourth key to what I really believe is success. True success is to is to not fester resentments and to have the innocence, to have that sacred heart stay in a state of innocence. And it doesn't happen automatically. There has to be a commitment to all four of these keys to success. So um, these are not original with me, but to me, they're the most valuable answer I could give. And I can honestly say that uh, it's the standard to which I personally evaluate my own success as much as possible. Oh my goodness. Did not. Oh my gosh. That was, that was, you didn't hold back. You were eloquent, articulate. You have so much knowledge and experience, uh, wisdom and so many things. I love what I get to do, Dr. David, because of people like you, I learned something new every single show. This one took me to a whole new realm in, in a very positive manner, in a higher manner. And I appreciate you for having the willingness to step out here and let other people know about this different. To me, it's a different world in, in various ways. I don't, it doesn't mean it's a bad world. It means a good world because every time you learn, you, you move into another space, you, you advance to another level. And I'm always loving to learn, especially things that have to do with the metaphysical world and the what you just uh, talked about with the transition. I don't want to mess it up, but um, the discipline of transformation is what you have coined it. And, and yeah, I just so intriguing and so interesting. And I, I truly believe so helpful because it's interesting. You said as a young child, how you had those thoughts. I had a lot of those similar thoughts. I didn't go on the path you went, but the same thoughts were occurring to me is like, is this it? What I'm seeing around me? 
this is doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem why we would these amazing beings would be put on this planet just to chase money you, and, and prosperity at, at all costs. Can you give me a couple minutes to build on what you just said? Sure. Yeah, we don't. I'm not paying for studio time. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so both of us had a sense that something was missing. Mm -hmm. And what I want to say is that one of the things that makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs non-entrepreneurs is their relationship to, quote unquote, what's missing. Mm. Like most people relate to what's missing kind of like a complaint or like a wish. Whereas a real entrepreneur looks at what's missing, like what's the opportunity here? Oh. And that's a huge that is. difference in what you would call mindset or what I would call a way of being. And part of the art of value creation, which to me is the essence of entrepreneurship, is to be able to be with what's missing. And it's important to realize that what's missing is unique to you. In other words, if you look around the room, you're gonna see tables and chairs and lamps, but you're not gonna see what's missing. In other words, what's missing doesn't exist as a fact in the physical world. In the physical world, we have carpets and walls and chairs, but what's missing is something that's unique to our orientation. And so once you realize that you're responsible for your relationship to what's missing, then you have some freedom to begin to consider the possibility of looking at what's missing like an opportunity. And to me, that's the essence of entrepreneurship. Like for example, mm -hmm. if I'm standing in, in, in a line and, uh, and it's taking 25 minutes for me to be served, as an entrepreneur, I might say, well, hey, what if the business gave out numbers so that I could take a number and they would tell me how many numbers are between me and the current person being served and I wouldn't have to stand in this line and I could go do something else for 20 minutes and I could come back. So it's like a lot of people would relate to the fact that they're standing in line for 25 minutes like a complaint like what's missing is some good service here but they'd relate to it like a complaint yeah. but an entrepreneur might have that thought and go whoa you know if i'm ever in a situation where i have a business and people are waiting maybe i'll do something like that yeah and once you have that orientation then what's missing becomes an opportunity and, and it takes courage to tell the truth about what's missing for you. Like, for example, you could be in a relationship and 
and and it looks good. It looks good from the outside. And so if you're invested in being committed to looking good, um, okay. But if you're honest with yourself, maybe in that relationship, there's something missing. And maybe the opportunity is to create the possibility to actualize what's missing in that relationship, or maybe what's needed is to redefine that relationship so that you have the space to pursue what's missing in another relationship. But if you don't have the courage to acknowledge what's missing for you, then there's no possibility of what's missing occurring to you like an opportunity. It's gonna occur to you like a threat because if you open up that door, maybe you won't look so good, right? And so, so remember when I was talking about the four principles of success, I talked about that one of the principles is a commitment to workability. And it takes a lot of courage to be willing to look at what's not working or what's missing for you in a way that actually makes a contribution and opens up possibilities rather than being like a complaint. And yeah. this is where transformation comes in because we're not trying to change the thought that you're having that something's missing, but we're reorienting our way of being to what's missing in a way where what's missing doesn't occur like a threat, but it occurs to you like an opportunity. Yeah, and I totally. think I think that is part and parcel of, without me knowing it and having those words when I was younger, I think that looking back, I think that's what kept me going because, and why nothing would stop me because whenever I felt like something was missing, that was sort of like an opportunity to continue to ask those questions. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, my brother. Look at that. Page two. <laughs> I mean, uh, just unbelievable value, wisdom, experience, everything rolled into one. And I, I'm just shocked. I understood most of everything you just said. I mean, the whole the whole hour plus. That's a good thing. I was like, wow. Well, thanks, for, thanks for having me. I appreciate the the willingness to go over. You know, I, I know that um, I can be a little long winded, but these are complex ideas. Yeah. And no problem at all. And I appreciate you for being willing to go over and offer that. So thank you for your valuable time. And with that in note, I guess we'll end this show. It's going on uh, a good long. This, this might be the record length show and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad, that's not a complaint. It's an opportunity, baby. So Dr. David on behalf of the amazing Dr. David Kaminser, I cannot Chemnitzer, sorry, Chemnitzer. I looked at too quick. Dr. David Chemnitzer. There, I'll do it right that time. <laughs> On behalf of this amazing, amazing man, I am your host, Brian Kelly of the Mind Body Business Show. That's it for our show tonight, everybody. I, and I just want to part with a few things. Just say, I just want to say, please go out and serve somebody in a wonderful way and make their lives better. And above all, everybody to a person, be blessed. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. So long for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast. 
at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.